Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a You weren't a Maryland fan. 
I mean, Maryland ha- no, has, has a pretty decent uh, has a pretty decent football uh, history, and and um, I mean they have some pretty good they've had some pretty good teams in the ACC, yeah. man, big time power conference. But right. you were more if, UNC. If Maryland was if Maryland was in it, I'd follow them. I actually did follow <laughs> them in the NIT. You know, I'd cheer for them if they were in it. They actually went to the semifinals. They lost uh, last night in the semifinals of the NIT uh, to Iowa or Iowa State, one of those uh, schools, uh-huh. but. Yeah, I, I just I just don't watch as much sports as I used to. So college basketball was kind of the bottom of the list. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, well that that actually was the Big Ten team Iowa that was very like well I guess all the NIT teams are kind of a heartbeat away from making it into the tournament and uh, right. Big Ten almost put eight in man and and Iowa was, was going to be the last one but they were on the bubble got knocked off so yeah, you know and, and the, the NIT is kind of weird because it's like okay you got a tournament you play it. And the winner of the NIT, does that mean that they're the 69th best team in the country? Because <laughs> they, they couldn't get into the 68, so they were the best team of 69 and lower. So right. that's kind well, of a you know a, a great honor, I guess. It's interesting too, you know, now that you mention it, because one thing that I was pretty excited about um, with uh, with Michigan winning that Southwest Regional was that. Uh, we actually get a banner to put in the rafters, and you know okay. I do I do follow college basketball, and I go to several of the games, and it's just very cool to see uh, to see um, the the banners go up. And but I was wondering, man, I know I I'm pretty sure that if you win the the NIT, you get a banner. But if you're the 60 uh, or probably <laughs> the 70th team now <laughs> in, the, right. in the tournament since they expand the bracket, you get absolutely nothing. So that that's that's really interesting. We'll have to Google that and see if you do get a banner for the the NIT because I think hey. you get it for for the preseason NIT. You might, yeah, but sure. you get a, you get a banner, you get a trophy. I mean, it's a tournament. You won. I mean, and the NIT used to be the that's big tournament. True. You know, that's before true. there was the 64, now 68, or however many teams it is. I mean, that was the tournament. So uh, you know, it, it's just. Um, it's cool, but like I said, you know, college basketball, the thing about college basketball is the parity, and the tournament is so exciting because there's always someone who, every school has a, has a chance. There's always the upsets, you know, you never know who's going to be, uh, but I mean, and, and it's good for the schools, because I mean, Wichita State now, uh, you know, recruiting is going to be up, people are going to think now, maybe I can go to, to a Wichita State, uh, you look at VCU a couple of years ago, and Shaka, who now is, uh, I can't remember his last name on top of my head, but smart, he's kind of smart. Yeah, he's now getting, you know, looked by other colleges. I mean, the coach from uh, Florida Gulf Coast, no one heard of this guy two year, two weeks ago, and now he gets signed to coach USC. Uh, he was making $157,000 two weeks ago. Now he just signed a million-dollar-a-year contract for six years to coach USC because of the tournament. And I think right. that's what makes it so exciting. Uh, that's what makes it so, you know, the, the tournament one of the best things in sports right now. Right. Well, well, and you know, before we we move off of it, because uh, who knows if I'll get the, another chance to bring this up. Hopefully, I do. But you know, it's actually the uh, the the twenty, or I'm sorry, the, the ten year. Um, what is, no, I'm sorry, it's the twenty year uh, anniversary, or, or, or the uh, the Fab Five's um, right, band right. is yeah. is up this year. So is it, so if 
people need need to follow a storyline route for Michigan because you know this would have been this will be the last year that they actually have to be distanced from the program and and you know very similar to back in 1992 when the Fab Five uh, walked on the campus of University of Michigan. You know this year you have five freshmen who have who have really made a huge impact on this team. So it would be very storybook if uh, if they were not only able to get to the Final Four like the Fab Five did, but actually win. So go. Blue. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> hey, I'm, I, you know, I've always, I've always tell a story. When I was coming out of high school, Michigan was a school that I was trying to go and play football uh, for. So I've always had a spot for Michigan. So I'm, I'm at this point, like I said, I'm rooting for Michigan too. So I would love to see them do it, especially you say the 20 year anniversary. Like you said, great storyline. So I'm going for Michigan now too. Why, why not? So even okay, though I well, well, I, I would just let you know that that uh, that is it's very difficult to root for U for um, UNC and Michigan at the same time. That's one no. of those teams that we don't we don't <laughs> like because uh, because actually they they beat us for a um, for a championship uh, back yeah. in the Fab Five well, But anyway, we, we'll, we'll take not, it. Man. I'm we'll not rooting take, for we'll UNC. UNC's not we'll, in the tournament. <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll take we'll take your your cheers and your prayers yeah. <laughs> on right. this one. Even though I picked Louisville in my bracket, so anyway, that's <laughs> but uh, man, we're uh, it's springtime. My kids are on spring break this week. Are your kids on spring break? Were they yeah, on spring break yeah, last week? They, they are on spring break. All right, well, I'm, hey, my kids, we uh, you know, I've got them all this week. We were in D.C. painting the city green with the E on Monday. <laughs> so we went to the Smithsonian, went to uh, two of the uh, museums, took a walk up to the White House. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that the uh, Easter egg roll was on Monday, so we were at D.C. I went to the White House, rather, and, I mean, it was tons of people out there, so we couldn't walk up to the side, you know, to the um, really close to the one side of the White House. We had to walk around to the back side, the uh, North Lawn, uh, and take the pictures of the White House with the kids over to the White House store, uh, so that was pretty exciting. So just spent the day in D.C. on Monday. Uh, my son has his STEM fair, which we used to call Science Fair Project when we were in school, so we've been working on that. Uh, he's Popping tons of microwave popcorn because that's what his project has to deal with. So uh, you know we've been doing that, man. Now it's time to kind of wind down and just uh, chill and enjoy the last couple of days. Uh, what have you guys been doing out there? Well, well, actually, I've, I've been at work every day, so I haven't been able to take my kids anywhere. <laughs> but but, my, but um, it's really really cool. Uh, my wife, being the wonderful wife that she is, she has them at what I call Camp Johnson, man. So they so they uh, you know my my eldest daughter is taking a hip hop dance class that just ended today, so it's like a three day thing. Um, and then you know she has all types of little what they call play dates set up with with their little friends so you know a good friend of mine uh, has two daughters and actually now three daughters a a newborn um and they and they play today so they've been kind of just you know uh having a little staycation uh you know that i think we should have thought to take them to the um african-american history museum uh the charles wright museum but um but yeah they've they've been pretty much just here man handling business and I've, i've been i've been at work handling business so that that's been basically it yeah, it's funny. That's where actually where we were trying to go when we went to D.C. I was trying to go to the African American uh, Museum, and uh, I had heard there was one being built. Um, I didn't realize it wasn't open until 2015. So uh, <laughs> we went to the American History Museum instead. So, uh, <laughs> but we had fun. Well, well, hey, that, that's just that's just 
one more reason for you to come come out to Detroit City, man, and uh, and check out the the largest African American history history museum in the world. And actually, uh, I believe they have a Barack Obama exhibit uh, that's going on right now. So it, it would be a it's a it's an awesome experience, man. And for those who haven't gone, it's, it's actually it, it's set up like a like a living timeline. So you walk through, uh, you know, Africa, and um, and then you know the, it goes to the slave ships and the auctions, and you know. They have a little Harriet Tubman exhibit, and you know, all the way to through the Civil Rights Movement, the whole deal. So it's a really, really good, um, good uh, experience. And shoot, they actually have an exhibit for me up in there, so I was pretty excited about that. An exhibit for you? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, Ann Arbor history. That you know, it's, oh, they had to okay. give me a shout out. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, great. <laughs> Not all right, but we gonna, <laughs> I wish you meant like they had a wax figure of Johnsons up in there. Like, yeah, they have a few Johnsons, but you know, not not the, in the literal sense. But anyway, gotcha. Yeah, all right, man. So you know what we do the first week of every month. <laughs> the first week of every month, you know how we do it's leadership university time. Uh, during Leadership University, we try to give you some nuggets to help you grow on the inside, help you become a better leader, whether it be your personal life, business life, professional life. Uh, so tonight we're going to discuss, uh, we're going through um, my new book, Create a Better You, and we're going to go through uh, one of the chapters in the book tonight. Tonight, Brian, we are going to talk about creating better relationships. So uh, what we're going to do is like we did before, I'm going to read some of the book, and then we're going to kind of just have a little conversation about it, um, you know, and kind of bring it home into our own personal experiences. So uh, let's see, create better relationships, and I'm going to um, kind of skim through some of it uh, at the actual book. So I'll start with the, the, the beginning. In 1987, my mother purchased her first home. It was a townhouse in Rockdale, Randallstown area of Baltimore County, Maryland. It was a new community, so only a few families were living there when we first moved in. As more families moved in, there were plenty of kids in the neighborhood, and we all became close uh, pretty quickly. Most of us who grew up in Western Wind Circle still kept in, keep in touch today thanks to the advent of social media. We all knew each other. My godmother's sister lived next door to us. One of my best friends to this day, Derek Hamlin, lived directly across the street. Next to him lived one of my sister's best friends. Next to them lived one of my mother's co-workers. And next to them lived Miss Alice. Everybody knew and loved Miss Alice. Miss Alice had five kids of her own, but she also ran a daycare and sold ice cream from her basement. All of Miss Alice's kids were older than me, but I went to school with her two youngest. Her middle son, Omar, was already in high school when I was in middle school, so while we weren't friends in the sense of hanging out and growing up together, we both knew one another. I would always see him walking uh, to and from school with a briefcase or something that made him look like he was all about business. By the time I was in high school, he was in college, and by the time I went away to college, I don't know where he was. 1993 was the last time I remember seeing Omar on a regular basis in the neighborhood. Fast forward 12 years to 2005. I just finished writing my first book, Successes in Your Hand, and I was looking for media avenues to promote my book. Who do I run into at a networking event? You guessed it, my old neighbor, Omar Muhammad. Come to find out, Omar was the director of Morgan State University's Entrepreneurial Development and Assistance Center and hosted a weekly radio show on Morgan's radio station. Every week he had to ear thousands of people in my target market. We discussed my book, and he agreed to have me on the show for an interview to spotlight my book. That was my first radio interview ever. Omar didn't stop extending a hand to me at the radio interview. Within the same year, Omar offered me an opportunity to be a stand-in host for his show. I became a regular guest, but now he was offering me an opportunity to sit at his mic and actually host a show for him. All right. Um, 
So what happens next? Eventually, Omar needs someone to fill in for a TV show. Once again, he calls me, uh, the kid from around the way, to help uh, to help him out. So in a matter of two short years, one man gave me my first radio interview, my first radio host position, my first television interview, and my first television talk show hosting opportunity. When you're in the middle of living your dream, sometimes the gravity of the situation and how impactful the actions of others are when your future can go unnoticed. When I sat down to write this chapter on relationships, it only felt right to give the man who took so many chances on the unproven Ryan his his proven uh, his proper shine. So uh, I'm a firm believer in saying that it's not what you know but who you know, but I like to have, add the caveat about how they feel about you. You better know your stuff, but if you want to be put in any position of significance, but you better also know the right people. Still more important than knowing the right people is the relationship you have with those people. When someone of influence hears your name, uh, what is the response that is triggered in their mind about you? All right? So that's just a little bit of background on how we got to this point, and I'll talk about creating better relationships. So, Brian, the first thing I talk about, teach rather in this chapter, is talk about treat people today as if. And what I mean by that is you know, how would you treat someone today if you knew that 10 years from now you would have to ask them for $10 million? Would you be so quick to curse them out? Or would you be uh, when, when they upset you the next time? Uh, would you smear their name all over social media sites for the sake of keeping it real to get revenge on someone, they, something that they did to you? How you respond to and interact with people today could have a huge impact on your life in the future. There's an old saying about not burning bridges because you never know when you may need to cross them again. And I wish more people thought about that before they went flying off the handle. So, Brian, you know, we deal with people on, on a, a regular basis. Uh, we, Even in our Facebook group, we deal with so many personalities and so many issues. And you never know from day to day uh, if someone's going to be in a fun mood or if they're going to be upset, you know, in a sensitive mood. Uh, so we kind of walk on, you know, walk that, that line every day. Uh, but, you know, talk to us. And give us some of your insight on on the the how you treat people and and how you apply that in your own life and and going forward and how you how important those relationships are to you. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. You know. I, I definitely. Um, I, I really. There, there's. You know, in my network marketing days, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Darnell Self and and, uh, and worked with him, and and he said something that was very profound, and actually, it's probably uh, Suleiman Rahman, some of these other guys probably said the same thing because you hear it <laughs> repeated uh, quite, you know, throughout throughout organizations. But what he said, he said that the that the um, the the size of your uh, net worth is directly related to the size of your network, and I really took that to heart. Meaning that you know, if if you want to be successful, um, if you want to be you know be wealthy or, or or whatever it is that you want to have a strong network, and in that you know, just like you said, you you want to make sure that you're treating people uh, in the best possible way, and you know, even taking that a little bit further, the way that I kind of look at things is is I is I tend to always think about how to elevate someone even over myself or how to serve more people, you know, and, and that's and that's really uh, the way that I look at things. So you and I, you know, we'll, we'll go back and forth about this sometimes too where, you know, sometimes I, I'm almost too humble because when, when I'm around someone, I want them to feel like they're the most important person and, and I even, you know, make myself a little bit smaller so that, so that they're um, they're elevated, and you know that that just that just goes to you know doing my best to, to make sure that people feel good about themselves because, like you said, uh, you never know how that person might be able to help you down the line. But then, mm-hmm. as you you know put that into practice, if if you start to see how positive that makes 
your you know all of your surroundings so you it's like you get a, a instant benefit from it and it's not something where you're where you're just doing it because you think you you can ask somebody for a dollar down the line or you get some type of uh some type of sphere of influence it's it's just because you know it makes people happy and in turn makes you happy so that's kind of how I look at it man i just i just look at you know uh making sure that i that i try to make people feel good about themselves mm-hmm. um even even sometimes sometimes at my my own uh not my own expense but even when it's not super uh convenient to do so right you know i think you said a lot of good points there and i think that's the, the people want so much to be excused for um acting out of emotion and whatever comes out you know just accept me as as that's what i did you know in that moment just keep it moving after that uh, but sometimes you can't always take back things you say or things you do uh, out of emotion because every action has a consequence or reaction to it. So it's not just that simple to say, oh, she was just upset or, oh, he uh, just had a bad day. So it's important to always have that in your mind, you know, just uh, life is bigger than just the right now and, and how you're going to make, how um, an action is going to make you feel uh, at the present time. So you got to always keep that in mind. Uh, what, you know, hey, what? how is this person going to look at me 10 years from now if I ever need to go back to them uh, for anything and uh, right. treat people in, in that um, that way? So. And, you know, and, and, and it's interesting you say that because uh, uh, I'm coming up on my, my 20th high school reunion. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I think I may have told this story before. I, I recall, I don't remember if it was my my fifth, my tenth, or my fifteenth reunion, whichever one it was, you know, I had, I had, um, you know, this one girl who I, I didn't remember being, you know, especially mean to, but I guess, you know, me being a, a junior high school kid because we went to junior high school together, she kind of called me out on some of the stuff that I would do, and you know, I'm, I'm at that point, I was grown, I, I had kids, and the whole deal. You kind of think, hey, that you know, uh, that person should get over that, but that still, you know, hurt her. Mm-hmm. Uh, years later, and when she told me that, it came back to hurt me because I felt terrible that I treated her that way. So had I been really, you know, had I had I known back then what I know now, I would uh, I would have, uh, you know, not treated her in that way uh, just to get a laugh or whatever. Right. I guess the next, next segue is right into the next one. Uh, we're talking learn to forgive. Uh, I truly believe that a supermajority of the pain, heartache, stress, and drama people experience in their lives is there simply because they have not learned to forgive. People spend more time focused on how someone else did them wrong and how they are going to seek revenge on that person for how they hurt them than they spend focused on how they can simply let it go and move on. Forgiveness is your most powerful weapon. The freedom obtained from simply letting go is life-changing. Past pains have no power once you have truly forgiven the inflictor of the pain. For some reason, people have to come so for some reason, people have come to equate forgiveness with weakness. They they seem to feel like forgiving someone means you lost the battle. I look at forgiveness as the exact opposite. When you can forgive someone of the hurt they caused you, you negate any power they once had over you from from your harboring of the negative feelings and energy caused by their actions. If God can forgive each of us for our plethora of sins we commit daily and still love us enough to sacrifice his only son so that we may still have everlasting life with him in heaven, then who are you to think? You cannot bring yourself to forgive that humanly person for anything they may have done to hurt you. Get over yourself and get to forgiving. Stop letting arguments ruin great relationships. All people really want to know in an argument is, did you hear me and did anything I say said matter to you? 
If we spent less time yelling and more time listening during discussions of disagreement, we'd also spend less time mending broken relationships. Sometimes arguments happen not because someone is trying to be right, but they're simply trying to be heard. They're, they're tired of being ignored and their voice lost in the noise. They, they want to know that they matter to you. When you can learn to shut up and listen to other voices in your relationships and value those voices as much as your own, you will find your relationships begin to grow exponentially deeper as others become more comfortable in trusting you with their thoughts and vulnerabilities. Now, you know, you kind of mentioned the young lady from, from school, but you know, I see this so much. I think that uh, forgiveness is, is one of those things that, if people could just grab that, if people could say, you know what, and again, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're going to go and necessarily be friends with any someone who, who did you wrong. Uh, but if you can really truly free yourself in the mind uh, of the what they did to you and really, you know, you know what, I'm going to let that go, and that's not going to control me anymore, there's so much freedom in that. You know, Brian, talk to us about times that you've had to forgive or how this, how this has played a role in your life as well. Well, I'll tell you what, um, this is actually one of the things that I really struggle with. And, and not that, um, I mean, you know, I, I get I get a rap for being uh, a Vulcan, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I'm not I'm not the most emotional person on the face of the earth. I, I, I won't say that I am. But um, so so I don't tend to harbor a lot of anger towards people anyway. But what I, what I will do is if somebody – you know, seriously wrongs me, I will, you know, just kind of disassociate myself and, and get them out of my circle. So, you know, this might be one, one thing that you can you can help me with and maybe some listeners out there. You know, I think the the big issue uh, that, that I have with it is that, you know, I, sometimes I don't know the difference between, you know, forgiving someone and, um, and actually, uh, or, or am I letting something go when I kind of make a mental note that this person is, has been this way and, and I choose not to associate with them in, in whatever fashion because I don't want them, you know, I don't want to to get let them in close enough to uh, to inflict any type of injury uh, in the future. So is is that really forgiveness? You know, if, if you, because you, you kind of use the biblical term and when you use forgiveness in the biblical sense, I mean, when God forgives you, it's like, you know, nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened, right. And, and, right. and for me, you know, like, like I'll forgive people, uh, but that just means I'm not really upset about what they did to me, but I will also make a mental note and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not going to put myself in that situation because I still remember. So, 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 how do how do you how do you deal with with uh, the distinction between those two kind of situations? Yeah, and, and that's a good point you make. And for me, it, it's uh, that's really the context where I was coming from uh, with discussing it is that you know when people have the the people who someone hurts you and, and you're going to go out your way to try to get them back. Or you're going to you, you still harbor those hurt feelings and it controls you. Whether uh, when you see them, you have a, a you know a, a reaction on the inside, emotionally, you know you feel a certain way, or, or you, you feel like you always have to talk bad about that person, or you can't uh, be around them because of of something that they did. You know that that's that's not forgiveness. You know when, when you can you know when you can say okay this person did this. I've forgiven them. I mean, I've given up the control they have over how I feel because we control how we react to everyone's actions towards us. 
right. what you think. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that, hey, you know, I'm going to go and be friends with you. I'm not saying I'm inviting you over to the uh, ice cream social, which we're going to talk about a little later. <laughs> <laughs> but it means that, you know, I can at least uh, know that, that you're, you're, you exist and we exist and I exist. We might even have to be in the same place at the same time. And, and you're not controlling me. You know, you have no control over how I respond, how I react, uh, because I've been able to uh, let that go. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get into uh, another relationship uh, of any kind of, you know, with, with that person. You know, you, you, you decide what's – because I, I believe that just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that they're exonerated of all consequences that come from whatever they did. You know, there's still prices to pay, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, you, you just can't have them – you can't give them that space in your, your heart and your mind and your life that they're controlling how you react whenever they come in the room. Gotcha. So that's kind of the context I was coming with that. When I, when I was Cool. All right, so let's go. We got one more to go through. We'll kind of go through this one a little quicker. Let's see. Skip my page here. All right. All right. Uh, then the last thing we're talking about, again, we're talking about building better relationships from, from the book Create a Better You. Uh, and I talk about people. And, and understand people are your most valuable resource and asset. All right, so uh, there's no getting away from that, that, that none of us live in a vacuum or inside of our own self-control bubble. We need each other to survive and thrive. So how we relate to one another is most important. There are more people, the more people you have on your team and your circle at your disposal, the more valuable you are to others. Why do you think people, you know, why do you think every author wanted to be on the Oprah's Book Club list? Or why do people make such a big deal of how many Twitter followers they have? Why are companies like Clout sprouting up to rank your social media influence? It's because you're only as valuable as the people you know. Uh, there's a caveat, though. Knowing people isn't good enough. How the people feel about you is where the true value lies. You can round up thousands of people who will, who will at least pay attention to what you have to say, but if you don't touch them or make them feel like more than a dollar signs in your eyes, then you just lost those same thousands of people. You have to touch people and build real relationships, real connections. We live in a day and age where we send mass text messages for everything from holiday greetings to birth and death, death announcements. And I know that's a big pet peeve of yours, Brian. Right, definitely. Try this idea. Call instead of text. You may be amazed at how impactful that once normal gesture can be on the building relationship since it's now out of the norm. The minute you begin taking people for granted, you will begin to see your relationships suffer because of it. Don't focus so much on quantity, but Make quality your goal. It's much easier to get $10 out of one happy client 10 times than it is to find 10 new clients to give you $10 each. Foster your relationships and give even more than you receive. Before you ask someone to do something for you, find something you can do for them first. No one likes to like, like a leech that uses them for people for money grabs. You first, uh, you first be the person others, but you, <laughs> you first be the person to others you want others to be to you. Then I go through a list. Here's, here's seven st- uh, tips. Relationships don't have to be difficult if you follow these seven tips in mind. Number one, only get in relationships with people you genuinely care about. And, again, relationships is not this is not love relationships. This is all kind of relationships. Uh, two, be open and honest within your relationships. Three, be fair and equitable, not expecting more than you are willing to give yourself. Four, no one is time to end relationships, no matter how good or bad it is. Five, Understand that you cannot get into every relationship presented to you. Six, loyalty in relationships is top priority. Seven, allow room for personal growth among those in the relationships. So keep those tips in mind and you'll be creating better relationships in no time. So, Brian, talk to us about relationships, man, on, on that level and just uh, how important it is to have people and your influence with them and how they look at you 
and how it's been able to uh, impact your life. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because you you uh, brought in the social media angle, and you know, uh, I'll run into people that that'll call me the mayor of Facebook or Mr. Facebook or whatever that is, and, and you know, they're, they're just like, you know, I'm all over Facebook. You got so many friends on Facebook and whatever. I got on Facebook initially because I did want to make money. I was promoting uh, parties in the area, and I needed to connect with people. But uh, but one thing that I think, you know, you talked about only getting relationships with people that you uh, that you like. Uh, or you really care about and you know i can honestly say man that that i'm the type of person where i just general i genuinely like people so even on facebook as you talk about making meaningful connections you know i find that some people that are my facebook friends that you know either i knew in a, in a past life or who i actually met, met on facebook have become some of my best friends because you know they i i do spend um you know I, i'm not necessarily giving them a call on the phone but i'm not just randomly posting things on their wall like i don't you know that that doesn't pertain specifically to them you know i i will stop by and just say hey you haven't seen you in a while i, I friend of mine, uh, Joy, who who lives in Charlotte. I, man, I haven't seen Joy since I since I left there, but I, she happened to pop up on my uh, in my news feed, and I just said, hey, you know, it's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, you know, I hope all is well, that type of thing. And, and you know, you and I, we, we both have, have, you know, north of 2,000 uh, Facebook friends. But, you know, honestly, people say, well, how many do you know? I, I, I definitely know 90 to 95%, you know, or I've met 90 to 95%. And, you know, I'll take time to make those connections and what ends up happening is that you know you you'll find people that can help you out in so many ways you know we we uh we do a radio show so we're always looking for guests and a lot of times we end up finding people who uh who know people who can get them on the show you know and that's just something that and we're able to have that those folks share things that help other people in our network that listen to the show so it ends up kind of being you know it's one of those uh pay it forward type things where you know just just having a genuine interest in someone initially ends up having a real ripple effect you know throughout our networks and helps so many more people and and, you know that me and you are very similar in that you know that that's really our, our ultimate goal is to help people and and uh and we're really able to do it through creating those positive relationships and the last thing i'll say there is you know it's I think it's good to understand the the level of relationship that you have with a specific person. You know everybody's not going to be your best friend, and I think that that's I think that's that's fine. You know I think that's natural. Um, so don't feel bad if somebody's not your best friend. You know, but but it is good to again be be kind to people and show a genuine interest in them, and it and it pays dividends in, in some different in many different ways. Absolutely, man. I mean, you, you you hit on so many things right there, and and it's, and it's every all of it was just like so powerful. And, and that's the thing I think that uh, and I, for myself when I first, I don't even remember how I got on Facebook. Cause I, was, I had a Facebook account before I actually started using it. You know, I think I was on MySpace at first, and really I just got in. It was it was all about finding out where all my old friends were. You know, mm-hmm. and then uh, I was like, so that was my first thing was just reconnecting with people who who I had lost contact with. And uh, then it was like, okay, wait a minute, I can actually use this to not just reconnect, but then also connect on deeper levels and then share what I've been up to, you know, share my business opportunities, the uh, things I've been doing, and really try to do it that way, uh, you know, use social media to do that. And then then as I was just like, you know, I'm just going to be myself and share more of myself with people, uh, people started to, to be drawn to that. You know, I'm just like, if I can make someone else's day better and happy because I've, 
you know, shared a thought that I had, you know, whether it be uh, controversial or something stupid and funny, uh, whatever it is, to make someone think or laugh or whatever. Um, and I said there was value in that, you know, and I was like, you know, the more if I'm a person who's um, out there in, in media, then being in front of people is an important, um, <laughs> you know, thing to do. So it became that, and then now I'll see people, and they'll be like, hey, you know, just a couple of weeks ago I was walking from the library, and the, and the guy was like, hey, uh, you're Ryan Green. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of your friends on Facebook. And I was like, wow. You know, and the thing was, I'm like, I, to me, I hate when that happens, and I don't necessarily right off the bat remember, realize who the person is, because then I feel like, you know, if you know me, then I should know you too. Uh, but he, I'm sitting there trying to ask him questions. You know, well, you know, what's your name? You know, you know, who are you? And I recognized his name, but he didn't even stop. He didn't want to really, you know, stop and chit chat. He just saw me and said, "Okay, hey," and kept it moving. You know, but uh, yeah, if you talk about that relationships, uh, and that's that's, you know, it's funny because I, I've always been kind of um, try to stay outside more because I guess maybe you know subconsciously it protects me from having to be so connected to people and allow uh, certain aspects of relationships that I didn't want to be, uh, to have to deal with. Uh, whereas when I see yourself, you, you know, you, you, you consider yourself a Vulcan, but man, you've mastered the art of making people feel uh, like you care. And obviously, you know, you do, I'm not saying you're fake, you do care, but you're able right. to connect with people and, and keep in touch and, and people really genuinely, uh, uh, value that in you, so I, I, I steal that from you. I, I, I look at what you do and try my best to do it as well. Uh, so definitely, man, it's, it's been a it's been a great uh, you know I use social media in that way as well. So cool. Well, man, that was Leadership University, man. If anyone who's interested in, in learning more about creating a better you and getting a copy of the book, uh, you can go to www.abetteryoubook.com. You can order the uh, PDF version online. You can order the autographed copy that I'll send out to you as well. Uh, go ahead on the website and order your copy of the book and start creating a better you uh, today. Right, so, and if I could just say one thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, of, a lot of people feel like they don't need to create a better them. Uh, if you feel like you don't need to create a better you, you know there could be somebody in your life who you uh, who you think who's going through something or or who's always looking to better themselves or whatever it is, man. You know I've really enjoyed the book, um, and you know I I, I think it, it makes a great gift too. So if you bought one, you know buy another and give it away. If you haven't bought one, buy one for yourself and, and buy another one for somebody else. I mean it, it, it's definitely you you are trying to help. You know, people, and 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 this book will bless a lot of people if you if you all go and, and make sure that you buy it. So, so make sure you get out there to betteryoubook.com and and pick up a couple copies. I appreciate that, man. And actually, I, there's a secret: when you buy five or more, the book actually is better than if you just buy one. I don't know how that works. When you buy more, it just reads better. So, oh, really? Oh, you know what? I, then I, I have a few more to buy. I, I will put my order in right now. <laughs> Well, man, we want to go to our Ask R&B segment because, you know, every every week we get questions and threads that are posted in our Facebook group. Uh, we're willing to discuss uh, some things. We we discuss them throughout the week, but then we like to bring it on the air and kind of uh, discuss amongst ourselves. And if anyone wants to call in, we do that as well. So, Brian, we want to go into this. The, the first one uh, was submitted by one of our Facebook group members, and this was a hot topic. So I'm going to go ahead and, and – uh, well, no, you you can go ahead and read this. I feel like I'm talking a lot. You go ahead and read the setup, and we'll go ahead and start. Okay. So, uh, so the the topic was actually the uh, the Bachelorette, and and 
basically this is a uh, a bachelorette that says, so I'm wondering at this ripe age of nearly 39 in 18 days, it's appropriate to subscribe to the bachelor, or is it appropriate to subscribe to the bachelorette or bachelor theory of dating? That is, unless and until a proposal is rendered, multiple suitors are still in the game. What's the point of being boyfriend slash girlfriend at this point if marriage is the ultimate goal? How do you consider the opportunity cost of being completely off the market, um, exclusively dating, uh, for a relationship that may not go the distance, so to speak? What do you all think? So that was the question, and, and we had we had a, a very spirited discussion. I won't even call it a debate. It was just basically a discussion about uh about you know if if you're at a certain age you know why why you know play kind of the boyfriend girlfriend thing you know this this uh the person that wrote this said you know i take absolutely no stake in the title of girlfriend you know if mm-hmm. i'm not engaged i might as well be out you know out on the market so so ryan share share what, what your point of view was on this on this topic absolutely and, you know and the funny thing about the topic was a lot of people probably because we're all close to the same age bracket, agreed with most of uh, what this this writer was saying. The, the caveat came in was that, and, and this was obviously a, a woman because it's called The Bachelorette, the, the caveat was that she wanted to go, uh, she wouldn't be exclusive with him until he uh, proposed. So she didn't even want like a boyfriend and girlfriend title. She wanted straight fiancé. So that's what kind of you know it kind of got confusing. People were like, well, how do you do that? Like you know, and she was you know from from what she told the guy that you know she was until she was uh, engaged, then she was considering herself open to other suitors. So uh, the guy translated this as she wasn't serious because you know if you're not going to commit, he wanted commitment before he gave the ring, which is what most people do. <laughs> you know, you, you, you kind of have your committed exclusive time first to make sure that that's going to work. Then you go to the proposal and, and go from there. Uh, she wanted a straight proposal, and that's where the confusion came in because people, you know, no one could really grasp how that would work that way. And, you know, so it's kind of like they both uh, said that they would say yes. Well, I won't say that. She said she would say yes if he asked. Um, he was kind of like he needed the exclusivity first to make sure that that was what he wanted. So, you know, we understood, whereas, you know, her, her and her position where, you don't she had been a girlfriend many times and it led to nothing. So she was kind of like making sure this is not what happened again. And we agreed with that. You know, she had timelines in her mind. So my thing was, you know, express those timelines up front. Be honest. Listen, I, if, if we're going to be, if you want exclusivity from me, you have 60 days to propose. Which is what, <laughs> that, that, that was her, her number. This is what she said. So right. like if that if that's what you want and that's what you expect, then you know, and I think in relationships, men and women, we do this. We have these things in our mind that we keep to ourselves and don't tell the other person, and then we get upset when it's not met. Uh, so my thing was, you know, be upfront. Let the guy know that's what you expect. Sixty days, she said, sixty to ninety days, uh, tops. That you know, this age, being with someone, they've been together for three months already. So you're talking about another three months. Uh, that by that time you should know if marriage was something that you guys wanted. Uh, because, you know, she wants to start a family and everything, so, you know, she's on the clock. So, you know, that that was just part of the reason. So, you know, my thing was if, if as long as you're open with them, let them know what you want. But I think that, you know, she had to put some skin in the game, too, and given that commitment was not too much uh, for him to ask, uh, because I did just go out and shop for a ring and, uh, uh, you know, go and buy a, a, a propose to someone. If you have no idea if they're even going to say uh, yes, let alone just be with you. 
so it kind of doesn't work that way most times. So that's what we were, you know, by the time, you know, we got to the end and she finally, you know, she she gave him the timeline and agreed, you know, going to see what happens. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of came in late, so we didn't really get a lot of feedback from you. But what what's some of your thoughts on how the whole thing went down? Um, well, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with the notion that um, that as you advance in age, I mean, the, the dating rules change, and and you know, I'm I'm a, a, my my personal story is very different, and you know, my my wife and I we dated ten years before we <laughs> before we got married, and some people say ten years, and I say, well, you know, it started when we were when I was going into my freshman year of college, so there was a lot of different changes going on in our lives, mm-hmm. where you know, ten year and ten years a lot of things you know uh definitely changed now at 39 things aren't really changing that much so right. i think it's totally appropriate that you're not going to wait 10 years uh to actually get married that said you know i i agree with you that you want to make your you want to you want to make your expectations known the, the thing that really gets me though is I don't know. I mean, I guess I know some men. I don't know too many women who are really just out there like that. Anyway, you know, if they find somebody that they that they're really into, uh, that I don't I don't see them necessarily uh, wanting to date other people. And and is it is that necessarily you know is that necessarily a big issue? You know, was was that brought up as kind of a a a uh, a talking point that that didn't really have too much uh validity you know i mean if 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 i'm if i'm dating you exclusively anyway why not just say we're dating exclusively why why right. why say i'm going to i'm staying on the market and um and you're not because right. sometimes that starts to feel like you know kind of a ploy to um to uh to get someone to be engaged so so that you know that that would be my only issue if if you're really out there dating like that then yeah maybe this makes sense to to have this discussion but you know I'm I, I'm totally with the guy in saying you know I do want some type of commitment first to see how that works uh because being in a committed relationship is totally different than being uh in an uncommitted relationship but that said, you know, I think her timeline of wanting to be married at 39, I mean, I, I think that at max you have about a year that you can date before you should be engaged because, you know, you got to get it popping if you want to have a family. Right. You know, and I think and that was brought up, too, in, in a sense, is that, um, you know, just <laughs> I <I'd have> totally <laughs> I'd had a brain fart right there. <laughs> Man. I was you, you were making a point, and I was going to say we had talked about that piece. Um, oh, 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 the dating of the guys, right? It was like you know, if because her thing was if she was, um, you know, she wasn't committed, then she was going to date other guys. So it was like if um, you know, from the, the man looking in, if you're dating other guys, you're saying that that means you're not, you know, just about me. So if you, the question was if she felt like she was going to say yes to him, then why jeopardize that with other guys who you're just dating with? Which also would mean you knew you weren't going to say yes to them. You know, you weren't serious about them. That wasn't going anywhere. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, but kind of like what you said, if you're not, you know, if you've got your phone ringing off the hook, that's one thing. But if your phone's not ringing off the hook, why even say, you know, and put it out there that, yeah, I'm dating guys. Or if you're talking about going to a movie, or you're talking about, you know, actually having intimate relations, that's two different things. Getting somebody right. to say, I want to propose to you, knowing you out there every week could be sleeping with somebody else, that's a little hard to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm, I, I've I've been off the market for a long time, so maybe you know I don't know how things work now. But but to me, it seems like you kind of have to be in the game 
to to date like that. You know, you have to be have you have to make yourself kind of available. And uh, you know, I I think about going to bars or whatever it is that people do. And uh, and you know, if you're if you're basically with this person, you're kind of doing that stuff with them anyway. Right, you know? right, so right. so why so why make it why make it an issue if it's not an issue? But again, to your point, if uh, it's very important to make your intentions known. I think that at, at, at in your late thirties, for you to say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm definitely trying to get married uh, in in this amount of time," and just kind of put it out there, not necessarily as an ultimatum, but just you know setting expectations, and that's then that's perfect. And it's funny because over Easter um, Easter weekend, I I had uh, dinner with my family, and I have a cousin who's a couple years older than me, and I and you know he's talk about dating, and I said, "Hey, well, are you um, you know if." If you're ready to be serious about getting married, I could probably introduce you to some people. And he was like, "Well, you know, I, I don't know." And I said, "Well, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not ready, then I'd just rather not introduce you because I think at this age, it's totally appropriate to be like, look, 'Look, I'm trying to get married,' right. so I only want to deal with people who want to get married. You don't necessarily have to want to get married to me per se, but at least it has to right. be, you know, something that you know that you want to right. do or you're open to doing in, in a specific amount of time." Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and and that's a great way to end this because, fellas, you know, you're over 35 years old. It's time out for all that. I'm still getting myself together. <laughs> you know, even if you're not, I, I'm not in a place where I would like to be, but I still know where I want, you know, and I'm not sitting out here waiting for me to get my stuff right or decide that, you know, marriage is something that I want. So if you're with a woman who's over 35, then it's, it's, it's if you value marriage, if that's something you say you want, uh, in your life, then it's time to get your act together and stop stringing these ladies along, thinking you're just going to keep playing games all this time and uh, not making an honest woman out of them, as the old folks say. Right. So, <laughs> speaking of marriage, man, it takes us to our next uh, question that was posed in the group. And um, I, I was looking for the thread. The thre- thread disappeared, so I don't know what happened at the end of it, but um, <laughs> I'm going to kind of give you a summation because this happened over a couple of days. Um, so, this wasn't technically posted in the group like this but this is what we came out of came out of it rather uh, my girlfriend went ring shopping with the player hating man whore who said who she says uh she's not re- who she's not really cool with like that then she invited oh he's talking he started talking dirty about me then she invited him to the dessert party she's throwing and posts pics of a ring he bought for his um fiance and calls him her old buddy the question is, should I be concerned? <laughs> Brian, did you follow all that? I mean, I did. I did follow that. I did follow that. What, what, what's your take, man? Should, should, is this all just all a misunderstanding that people on the outside looking in don't really get? Or, you know, should this brother really have any kind of concern? Are we just kind of jumping the gun here? Uh, it's <laughs> funny. I mean, this is almost a rhetorical question. <laughs> Honestly, I mean... It really is, and if you consider the source, I, I see why it's so kind of black and white. But you know, in, in a relationship, I don't really see how anyone can be serious about their partner and allow someone else to uh, to dog them in any you know way, shape, form, or fashion. And you know, I I say often that the the most important. Um, the most important quality in a relationship, in my opinion, is loyalty. 
I mean, Absolutely. outside of liking someone, outside of loving someone, outside of, you know, I, I guess respecting is right up there with them. But, you know, that shows a level of disloyalty. You know, it, it, it's like my brother. Me and my brother say this all the time. It's like, you know what, if you want an objective opinion about my brother, don't ask me for one because you're not going to get it from me. You know, we ride. Like, like that, that's, who I, that's who I ride with in the same, you know, that should be – the same situation for someone who's who you're dating seriously now it some of this is also optics you know i I can understand if this person was someone that she knew before uh before knowing her current boyfriend and he was doing that um you know she needs to just not tell the boyfriend for a while until you know until they work that whole thing out. So so that that's the issue. I, I I don't know that I'd necessarily be concerned like something was was going on with them per se, but I would be I would seriously be questioning her loyalty and with loyalty being the most important um, uh, factor in a relationship in my opinion, then that, that that would be a serious issue. But what was your take? You know and it, that that word is the exact word I would use as well, and, and even kind of going back to our. Uh, Last question, where I think a lot of times women look at um, men and think we're just kind of, and this is what the other young lady said, was just trying to, uh, you know, piss on and claim our territory, where really what we're looking for is loyalty. And that's what we, that's because that's one of the things that we value in a relationship is that loyalty, that, that listen, I need to know that you, you, you got me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and that I can trust you and that you are going, that you got me. And that goes so far for you know most men. So you know, like you said, there may not have been anything. We we you know we we joked about it. We asked a lot of questions. And the thing is, the more questions we asked, the more uncertainty we got. Be, just because of like you said, the source. Uh, however, you know, you just start to wonder like, it just doesn't make sense. Like why? Like I couldn't imagine. And I we even had this conversation afterwards, man. But I couldn't imagine uh, some a dude. Talking, you know, in, in, a, in a grimy way about me, and, and my lady not shutting that down right away, you know, um, not, and not just shutting it down right away, but you, you don't have to come in. You don't necessarily have to come in. Don't tell me. I don't really need to know that somebody's talking about me because now I got to deal with if I see the cat, you know. Now I got to work on my forgiveness. <laughs> but I need to be able to trust my lady that she's loyal to me and that she will shut it down and that there isn't going to be no no. Uh, opportunities for me to feel uncomfortable. You know, don't invite me and the dude that you just said was talking bad about me. We supposed to be sitting there having ice cream cones together. You know, like it's all good. And I'm like, what's going on? And then you know, so it was a lot of things that was kind of like one thing by itself may not have been a red flag. And you know, and none of this may be a red flag. It just could be just people just do things differently. Uh, however, it just uh, when you talk about that loyalty piece, that's the big thing that we're looking at. Like, I, it just doesn't. Uh, past the eye test when you put it all together and you just wonder what's really going on. Yeah, so, definitely, definitely. So, man, that, that was that's some of the stuff we get. You know, uh, the, the Facebook group is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Ryan and Brian. You know, you guys, you can join us in there. We, we have these topics every single day, some fun, some serious, some stupid. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, we bring them to the to radio show as well. Because they, you know we we have fun with it. So uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, go ahead and do that, and you can get in on the conversations. Uh, Brian, you know we always how we always end every show the first week of the month. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> one, two, three, four.
tonight we're going to do a special list. This list is inspired by a thread that was also posted in our Facebook group, man. Uh, someone posted a, a simple question, a simple statement, rather, and we just had a lot of fun with it. So you and I are going to give us our top ten list, top ten songs not to sing in prison. Top ten songs not to sing in prison. Uh, Brian has his five. I have my five. Brian, I'm going to yield to the gentleman from Michigan. All right. Well, you know, there were a lot of really good songs. I I, I chose some songs that are, are by some of my favorite artists. <laughs> so so basically the first one absolutely uh, has to be um, Tupac, How Do You Want It? Just... I think it's self-explanatory. <laughs> How do you want it would be my first song. <laughs> what, what was your first song? Yeah, you know, and I try to even pick some. I try to even I, I picked a couple that I listed and a couple that I, I've made up after the fact. Uh, but the first one um, I'm gonna go with is if you're in jail, you better not be singing "Rub You the Right Way" by Johnny Gill. You just don't want to be caught singing "Rub You the Right Way." It's just not a good look. It can get really misconstrued, you know, if you and and, and Big Bling. Is uh, sitting in the shower together and you singing the Rub You the Right Way song. Not not a good look. Uh, hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> so this, the second one, man, is actually a throwback, man, but one of my favorites of, of all time, and it's Karen White's Superwoman. I'm not your superwoman. I'm not the kind of girl that you can let down and think that everything's okay. It, you know, you just think about that the the whole you know prison relationship thing, and mm-hmm. and you know not that that I would ever roll like that, but you like to think, man, that you wouldn't be the one that was washing people's drawers and do and you know uh, hooking up the soup on the heater, <laughs> braiding hair and all that kind of stuff. So I chose Superwoman by Karen White as my number two song that you would not want to get caught singing man, in prison. You just imagine a dude locked up, just being mad that he's. Got to do everything in the cell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I iron your pants. I right. make your bed. I wipe your sweat after your push-ups. <laughs> I, anyway. I rub you down. <laughs> <laughs> My next song that, you know, you just don't want to sing in prison, no matter how nice your voice is, you better not be caught singing Luther Vandross's If Only For One Night. <laughs> you don't want to get a do-do-do-do-do. Now, you know, don't be singing, you know, I won't tell a soul, no one has to know. That right there is getting you in trouble. That's all I'm saying. Right, definitely. And, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of stay in that vein, man. You talk about if only for one night. One of one of my favorite groups of all time, man, Ready for the World, tonight. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I cite Ready for the World as being the best, boy band of all time that captures kind of that that teen angst you know like when you were 17 years old trying uh-huh. to get it on but you don't want to be saying you know uh i want your lips i even want your tongue or nothing like that it's just, it's just you know the, the 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 pace of the song and the wine and yeah let's we'll leave that out so tonight by ready for the world is is, is my third song man you're free Talking and just saying the words on you sound right. What's on the phone talking about it? So. <laughs> I don't even feel right here. You say it now. I know you better not say it in jail. Man, here's another one, you know. Especially, you know, and, and this song came out. When this song came out, this cat redefined his body. And I was like, and I, I remember I said, oh, Usher got on those jailhouse bodies now because he got all buff. <laughs> so you better not be in jail singing. You make me want to leave the one I went and start a new relationship with you. Don't do it. 
Don't don't sing that in, in prison. That's not good because somebody's right, going right. to make cash. Well, cash, well, this cash. One, well, this one was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I didn't think of this, but I should have thought of it because you know how I am with my hair bands, man. But Pour Some Sugar On Me <laughs> by Def Leppard. Number one, it just, you know, it just sounds, you know, Pour Some Sugar On Me. But then also when you understand the symbolism of the song, uh-huh. it's just like, you know, it's it's really it's, it's really inappropriate. So you know you don't want to want to say, uh, "Love is like a bomb, baby, come on, get it on." Uh, no, nah, uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Will you take sugar one lump or two? Uh, uh-uh. that's not cool. <laughs> not cool. <laughs> this one, this one is so obvious that it's easily overlooked. But you better not be singing that Prince song. It's I was your girlfriend. <laughs> You know, you just mm-mm, don't even ask the question. Why open up the conversation? It's like I don't want to be anybody's girlfriend in jail. Don't even do that. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, man, I'm torn. I, I got two, but I, I, I won't. I'll pick the one that somebody else actually posted. Okay. And this, the reason that the, that you, one of the reasons you don't want to sing this song is because there's a dance that goes with it that might <laughs> give somebody the wrong idea, and Uh-oh. that's EU's doing the butt. Because I mean that song, you know. <laughs> Maryland, D.C. folks, it had the go-go beat. So, it, I mean, just as soon as you start singing it, you start doing a dance. And the oh. last thing you want to do, unless, you know, unless that's your thing, is be in the shower doing mm. a Because mm, mm, mm. you can't sing it without sitting there <laughs> bopping your butt while you're here. So that's just, that's just not good. That's not, mm-mm. you be twerking in the shower. Twerking in the shower. <laughs> on the milk. Twerking on the milk. And the last one, man, the last thing that you better not be singing in jail is anything by Beyonce. None of it. Don't sing scared of, you know, scared of lonely, single ladies, ego, girls around the world. None of them are good. Don't sing any song by Beyonce if you're in jail or else you're going to be Destiny's Child. That's all I want to say. So, <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, so that was our top ten list, man. We always have fun with that. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Tell folk how they can reach us throughout the All week. right. Well, you can always reach us online, www.rybryshow.com. Uh, we have our blog, uh, com. We're on Twitter, uh, Twitter slash show, and then Facebook, the same thing, Facebook slash uh, show as well. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Now don't aim for the block, aim for the stars Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, and Mars So even if you fall, you can land in the cloud Better aim for the mansion and land in the house Sky ain't the limit no more, look past that See the finish line, and then laugh that Be the man where you used to get laughed at God on it, who are they to say you can't have that Even when you fall, don't give up, get up Pick up where you left, confess you a winner Keep shooting high till you tell the whole ceiling up. People don't laugh at your dreams. It ain't big enough. Dream on.